1972, a crack commando unit was sent to a liturgical prison by a canonical court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security diocesan stockade to the ecclesial underground. Today, still wanted by the Vatican, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, then you should listen to Libra Cristo War College. Welcome Wednesday War College, Three Soldiers of Fortune. No, Three Soldiers of Christ. Just Romero, Dan Schneider, Kyle Clement. Is Kyle here? I see Dan. Kyle's here. You never and know with Kyle, though. Kyle, is, he's the go-to walks. <laughs> he's hes the undercover guy. He's the one that's behind <laughs> the is. bushes. Every once in a while, I get a Kyle sighting or a contact <laughs> with Kyle. And uh, So I think we've got a Kyle sighting and a Kyle contact. Like a Bigfoot, Is that like a Bigfoot sighting? He is. He's kind of like the Sasquatch of the uh, <laughs> spiritual warfare. He is, if you had a picture of a holy card, it would be Kyle Clement, but basically he did, he'd be walking like Sasquatch. <laughs> hey, well, happy uh, happy Solemnity of All Saints Day. Uh, Beautiful. I, I just I want to just give a good news report, and uh, then we'll start looking at some of the things I want to talk about today. Maybe Dan will have some good news report. Maybe Kyle will have some good news report. But today on the Roundown, here's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about where did Halloween originate? That's the first thing. Uh, that's uh, that's a question that most Catholics are wondering. They scratch their head. Okay, where did it come from? Also, we want to talk about a university who's offering a master's degree in witchcraft. Are you kidding me? A master's degree in witchcraft, magic, and occult science. And then we want to talk on the Rundown uh, that there's a... Uh, th- there's a witchcraft is becoming a lucrative business thanks to TikTok and thanks thanks to Etsy. I guess that's another app. So uh, here's my good news. Then I want to hear from you guys. Out here, my 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 good news on spiritual warfare here in in uh, the city of Mesa, Arizona, which is not too far from where I live. There was a a math teacher Jesse Ruiz who went to school. And he had horns on his head. He had a pitchfork. And during class, he started yelling, Hail Satan. Well, <laughs> the the students weren't having it. The students went, went and told mom and dad. And mom and dad came to the school here in Mesa with pitchforks and torches. And uh, this math teacher has been suspended uh, pending termination for coming to school, acting like an idiot, acting like a he, he's probably a Satanist. And I guess uh, he just felt comfortable. I guess two days before Halloween to come to school with a with a devil's horns and a and a pitchfork and yelling "Hail Satan" and shouting over the kids. So it looks like this math teacher is going to be fired. Uh, that's what happens when parents stand up and say, "No more, not on my watch." Kyle, Dan, you guys got any good news for me? I'll let Kyle go because Kyle is always uh, he's he's you know he's always the Dale Carnegie. Uh, among us with the with all the good news and the positive stuff so i'll let kyle go first because i'm sure he's got four or five things he wants to talk about (laughs) well i've never been called dale carnegie Um, (laughs) how to win friends and influence people kyle that's you (laughs) yeah i like the sasquatch reference i am working on my low resolution sightings i'm trying to appear in low resolution everywhere Um, I think Jesse, really, that you you got 
you're onto something and it's, it's bad in a way, but good in another. And that is that evil militates to absurdity. It gets to the point where my grand, as my grandfather would say, even Ray Charles can see it. Um, we've been in this country through the transgender dis- dysphoria, the, the disillusionment, and we're coming back to some sense uh, to understanding that this is in fact a mental disorder. Um, we, we're running into finally good people are standing up and saying enough. Once that tide starts to swing, we have beautiful white caps uh, of lucidity in a sea of disillusionment and a sea of delusion. One of those white caps was when the laywoman stood up in the synod and spoke vehemently about right roles and, and why women shouldn't be ordained. And so oh, yeah. that's one of those white caps of lucidity. That's right. Another white cap of lucidity is is now we're seeing that, yes, in fact, our universities, um, um, Jesuitically influenced universities are a hotbed of dissension, communism, pro-Palestinian, anti-Israel. This stuff has been breeding like um, like mold in the walls for years. And so now we're seeing it. We're starting to see and and connect the dots that when we send our children, by and large, when we send our children to higher education, they lose their faith. They embrace ideas that are anti-family, anti-nation, and under the influence of of, um, diabolically influenced academics, we lose our children. They're indoctrinated against us. We're starting to see this. Um, People... Are, are opening their eyes to, yeah, there really is an, an underbelly. There's an undercurrent. It's not harmless. It's, it's here. And so once people, this is called to their attention, the good people speak. And so that's what's needing to happen, like your couple there in Mesa. Um, we've got continued white caps of brilliance when we've got fathers who will appear before school boards and show them pictures of uh, that are actually in books that are in the libraries and they suspend them and they say no you can't show that obscene material in a school board meeting well it's in it's in the library for third fourth and fifth graders to to see this is the tide the tide is turning so there's a bit of a stirring and and for this i'm truly grateful yeah you're right kyle over in california Three cities, the city of San Fernando, city of Huntington Beach, and another city in Northern California. The parents went with pitchforks and torches to the library and basically drove off the drag queen story hour and uh, demanded that the the librarian get rid of all these books that were sexually promiscuous. And the libraries, uh, they conceded. And so, yeah, the, the tide is starting to turn ever so slowly. Dan, you got a good news report? Yeah, no, uh, I, I was going to say basically what Kyle said, uh, um, that, that the evil, the demon militates to absurdity, something that Kyle has pointed out. And and it's absolutely true. And and at some point, um, we see working with cases, a, demon, a person will say, I, they'll recognize that absurdity. I'll do this, but I won't do that. And that point reaches a peak of conscience in the individual. And that's what brings about the conversion and ultimate liberation. So what happens in those individuals is it can also happen in a culture or society, a religious order for that matter. And so culturally, we're waking up. The Dodgers, what you guys did to organize, you and your brother and and, uh, uh, and others that helped organize the Dodgers protest. The average Catholic 
that would just go, yeah, okay, whatever. That's just weird. I'm not into that. But when they start to see the absurdity, that this isn't just drag queens, but this is a, a complete mockery of, of the Catholic faith of Jesus Christ, the atonement of Jesus Christ, of religious sisters, uh, consecrated virgins, a total diabolic mockery. And, and people said, no, I'm not, not putting up with this. Uh, they're waking up because of the absurdity. Bud Light, you got your average, I mean, the blue collar beer in this country uh, runs a woke campaign, campaign puts a trans, transvestite on there, and, and, uh, uh, and suddenly they lose $9 billion in, in, share, in, in, in revenues and in market share. So people are waking up, and we have to start, with the, that Catholics have to start acting and living like Catholics, and that isn't just going to Mass on Sunday, but Catholics are waking up and realizing we've got to speak, uh, speak out. Now, that's the positive. I'll give you a negative. Um, I sent a letter to uh, Father Jenkins at, the, at my alma mater, University of Notre Dame, because they're having a drag queen show at the University of Notre Dame. Here's a response I got yesterday from the Office of the President. This is signed by Ann, Ann Firth, Office of the President, Chief of Staff. Um, Dear Dan, I'm responding on behalf of Father Jenkins and other copied, others copied on your email. Notre Dame is committed to mission as a Catholic university and as part of that mission to academic freedom and the freedom of expression. Well, I think St. John Henry Newman would have a a, a, a problem with that, who wrote the, the seminal document on, on the, uh, the, 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 the reason and essence of a university. As for this, that was me. As Father Jenkins said in a statement, because Notre Dame is, uh, is a university committed to the pursuit of truth, to teaching, learning, inquiry, and dialogue, we are committed fully to the academic freedom of scholars to research and publish the results of their research and teach and according to the obligations and training. So they, again, they put their ultimate truth as whatever oddity, uh, um, what I think was Chesterton said, the, the modern and morbid habit of, of constantly sacrificing the normal to the abnormal. So well, we defend this freedom, she says, we defend this freedom even when the content, and the content of the presentation is objectionable to some or even many. The event you reference is a one credit course on film, television, and theater on the history of drag and the principle of academic freedom applies. So academic freedom is the trumping, it, that is the trump over truth, over the, 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 the unbending rule of the Roman Catholic faith, the deposit of faith, academic freedom trumps that. And we're seeing that, we're seeing that uh, worldwide in the church and we see a lot of these homosexual prelates and others that are pushing forward the synod. Another positive is the synod made, okay, here's one more positive. Father James Martin is upset with, with, with the synod and no mention of the LGPD, what LG, whatever, PQ plus, with mentioning in the final document. So that was another positive. And the Pope came out after our last week's show on, on, married, on women deacons, uh, and, and we laid out why that's, that's not possible. Um, the, the Pope, even this Pope has come out and said, hey, that we're, there's no way we can ordain women to the diaconate. Well, those are good news items. Hey, I want to jump into now... Today's All Saints Day. Kyle, I want you to give us a little bit of uh, the background of All Saints Day as it relates to October 31st, uh, the evening of All Saints Day, Halloween. Uh, where did Halloween, as it's practiced now in secular society, in American society, where did it come from? Uh, and that's what we want to get into. You're listening to Wednesday War College. We got Kyle Clement, we got Dan Schneider. We're going to be talking about the the origins of Halloween as it relates to All Saints Day and the following day, All Souls Day. And then we'll get into some other things about the witchcraft. It seems to be becoming more uh, a lucrative business in, here in America. We'll be right back. Stick around.
Wednesday War College, Jess Romero, Carla Clement, Dan Schneider. We're talking about how did Halloween originate as it relates to All Saints Day. Today's, uh, by the way, today's a holy day of obligation, my, my fellow Catholics. Uh, All Saints Day, it's a solemnity. So Kyle, give us, uh, I sent you an article written by, uh, it, it, it seems to be an Irish author, Sinead Hussey. And uh, Sinead Hussey says that uh, it uh, Halloween comes from a pre-Christian Gaelic pagan festival, I guess, uh, over in the Emerald Island. What can you add to that, or what can you uh, what, what can you add uh, in in terms of how it connects with uh, All Saints Day? So, to address one of the premises of her article, I I think that uh, we do well to examine premises and see the validity of the premise before we go off onto uh, discussion. And the premise I want to expose here is that all Christian holidays were once pagan holidays that became Christianized. This is a Jesuitical invention that is in large part false. And it um, it is if there is no uh, Christian uh, reference to the calendar. I'll give you a classic example and then we'll move on. One of the classic examples is, is that Christmas, uh, the nativity of our Lord, was actually uh, part of the winter solstice uh, celebration and was a pagan holiday that was Christianized in order to evangelize a culture. And that's, tradition does not bear that out. This is largely the insertion of modern writers, um, again, largely Jesuit. And so it's a deformation of the history of our, of our faith. But the, the classic example is the nativity people say that it is because um, of this pagan holiday. It's very simple. The nativity is the nativity because it's precisely nine months after the Annunciation. Just do the math. He was conceived on the 25th day of March, and he is born on the 25th day of December. Just that simple. Um, What she's referencing, if you go back and look, we, uh, the Pantheon is often listed as um, the reference point here. And so the, the Pantheon was built by um, Herod Agrippa between 25 and 27 BC. Now, it's interesting that Herod Agrippa is a Hasmonean. And so he is, uh, he's Jewish, actually. And so this is one of the things that cements the house of Herod's place in uh, Roman history and in the, the uh, Judeo-Roman um, connection. So it's built by uh, Herod Agrippa between 25 and 27 BC. And it was a temple dedicated to the 12 gods, uh, 12 Roman gods, and also to the emperor or the living sovereign. And the building, the, the current building, um, is was last essentially remodeled in 125 AD, so it's uh, it's ancient. But what happened is is Boniface the Fourth in 608 has the remains of martyrs removed from Christian catacombs and placed in the Pantheon, sanctifying the Pantheon. It was exercised, it was sanctified, and it became then dedicated to Saint Mary and the martyrs. And so it is the it is the seat of the understanding of all saints, but it supplants 
the um, the worship of pagan gods of of false deities by the Romans, and so it became indicative and symbolic of the conversion of Rome, of the Roman Empire, the conversion uh, into uh, Christendom. And so that piece of history is important. Now, also to understand Ireland's history, Ireland's history as Rome advanced, Rome was persecuting all who did not worship the emperor. This meant the Druids, the witches, um, as well as Christians were being driven ahead of the Roman uh, legions. And so Ireland became um, became like the fox's stick, and I'll, I'll explain that. So one of the ways a fox rids itself of parasites is it will take a small twig in his mouth and he will submerge himself in the water with just his nose and this twig sticking out of the water. All the fleas, all the ticks, everything that all the parasites that are on him go up to the stick to avoid being drowned. Then he comes out of the water, deposits the stick, and he's parasite free. Well, Ireland became that spot. And so this is what St. Patrick encountered when he came there, is that all the witches and druids and a lot of the magicians, maguses, all of wizards had been driven ahead of Rome, ahead of this persecution, and they were concentrated in Ireland. And so there was and has been a um, part of satanic ritual is what's called Samhain, which is corresponds to All Saints uh, Eve. And that is Halloween is All Saints Eve. <clears throat> but traditionally, the significance of it was it was one of the major feasts in uh, Christendom because it commemorated the release of souls from purgatory. And the liturgical overlay is extremely rich, and the Satanists still understand the, the significance of these days. So what we lost, incidentally, you can go to www.montecristo.net, look up Reclamation Theology. That's what we're talking about on those podcasts here these last few days. It was a an octave starting today. Yesterday would have been the vigil. It was a formal vigil with violet vestments um, and commemorated as a vigil. And it opened the octave of remembrance for the dead. And that's why they wanted to they have wanted to co-opt Halloween is because the vigil, the month of remembrance, which is November, the prayers for the dead, the the understanding of purgatory. Our, our closest interaction, and a, we are a bridge in this month from the soul's purgative to the church triumphant. All of that is happening right now. Now, we lost the octave in the 60s because of Vatican II, um, and we lost the formal vigil celebration. Uh, we, we lost all of those things, but the Satanists still observe them. And incidentally, there are three suicide spikes in the year, and they correspond to the three days that are represent the, the largest influx of grace. So the demon wants to answer with the economy of damnation. And those three spikes, so three suicide spikes, are the nativity of our Lord, the resurrection of our Lord, and all the uh, all saints. So 
there's um, there's kind of a 30,000 foot flyover that perhaps helps to address the, the topic. Dan, any comments? Anything yeah, yeah, I add? just want to, I, I want to beef out a little bit um, what Kyle says. This is what Venerable B says about what Pope Boniface IV did. This was in 608. Uh, Boniface was, the fourth was 608 to 615. He gathered up, there was a time of, 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 of iconoclasm going on. And so uh, destroying relics, uh, even back then, 28 wagon loads of bones reinterred to beneath the Pantheon. The Pantheon is the Pantheos, all the gods. This was a, this was a temple, a pagan temple dedicated to all the gods. Uh, this temple early in Christianity was, uh, was uh, consecrated to St. Mary, um, the Basilica of St. Mary and the Martyrs. And so here's what Venerable Bede says. Um, that the, he says that the, the Pope did this so that the memory of all the saints might in the future be honored in the place which had formerly been dedicated to the worship, not of gods, but of demons. Remember Psalm 96, 5, the, the gods of the Gentiles are demons. St. Saint Saint, Louis de Montfort quotes St. Bonaventure and, and, true, and True Devotion to Mary, uh, paragraph 28. Mary has authority over the angels and the blessed in heaven. As a reward for her great humility, God gave her the power and the mission to assigning the saints to the thrones made vacant by the apostate angels who fell away through pride. Such is the will of Almighty God, who exalts the humble, that the powers of heaven, earth, and hell, willingly or unwillingly, must obey the commands of this humble Virgin Mary. For God has made her queen of heaven and earth, leader of his armies, keeper of treasures, dispenser of grace, worker of his wonders, restorer of the human race, mediatrix. On behalf of man, destroyer of his enemies, faithful associate in the great works, his great works and triumph. So, so Kyle is correct. Uh, it's 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 the church didn't come to displace and say, well, you had you were close, but let me show you a, a, our way of doing it. They came to replace. They came to convert. And we hear a lot, even coming out of the synod, um, you hear a lot of a lot of talk today that we shouldn't be trying to convert. Um, uh, other other religions or uh, any people. We're not here to convert young people on World Youth Day. Then what are we doing? The final canon and the canon law of the church says that the, the, that the supreme law of the church is the salvation of souls. And so when the church goes into one of these places that were formerly utilized in pagan and uh, uh, in, in, in the pagan cults, the church will replace and put proper worship for the point of converting pagans from paganism. This is Bonaventure chopping the tree down, the sacred the sacred oak tree or the sacred tree in Germany. That's what, this is the mission of the church, to chop the tree down of, of paganism, the sacred trees, and put the tr plant the tree of Christ, to go into the places where the depths of the netherworld are seen to have opening up and putting the rock of Peter, the church, holding back the gates of the netherworld. This is a three-dimensional language, a three-dimensional vision that the demon sees the world, and we just don't see it as Catholics. We we, we just have such a linear view of things. We we under, the, the demon understands what sacred space, ritual, intonation, movements, directions. They understand the importance of bodily ritual and what these things symbolize, and not just symbolize. They invoke, they invoke the the, the, the divine powers or other powers, preternatural powers. Through the invocation, through through incantation, through these things, they recognize the, the cultists recognize this, and they're coming out in droves uh, now. It's becoming popular, 
And it's only the, the, and then it's a mockery of what the what the true faith does. And so Catholics need to start opening up their eyes to understanding the sacredness of space, the depth, the richness of the, of the church going back to the beginning, but really fleshed out through St. Augustine, the church as the mystical body of Christ, church triumphant in heaven, church militant uh, on earth, and the church suffering uh, in purgatory. And the souls, I just heard this from the mouth of a demon, say this, many, many souls are being released from purgatory. Please stop. Many souls are being released from purgatory. Kyle's spot on. During this time of the year, whether we know it or not, we're out there dressing up and we're going out and dress up as the French maid and we're getting all hoochie mama at a Halloween party, right? The demon knows exactly what's going on. Behind the scenes, the power of the church and the power of the, the holy sacrifice of the mass, souls are being released from purgatory. That's, that's the meaning behind this. The union of the mystical body and our engagement together uh, for the salvation of souls here on earth and the release of souls in purgatory. Wednesday War College, stick around, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with the Liber Crystal team. Wednesday, War College, <clears throat> three-man card, Jess Romero, Dan Schneider, Kyle Clement. We're talking about all things, uh, All Saints Day, All Souls Day, Halloween. <clears throat> uh, Kyle and Dan, the way Halloween has been practiced here in America in the last, in the last couple of decades, I would say, uh, has, has, brought, uh, has brought some thunderous criticisms from, from some of the the biggest voices in the Catholic Church, and 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 I say that because Pope Benedict, <clears throat> back in two thousand and nine, he says Halloween is dangerous, and it's an anti-Christian festival. Uh, there's a larger article. He, uh, Father Gabriel Amor says, celebrating Halloween is like celebrating the devil. <laughs> Father Aldo Bonito, uh, he's uh, he's an exorcist over in Rome. Uh, he's also warned of parents of the dangers of children and the events that promote the culture of death. He added, Halloween pushes new generations towards a mentality of esoteric magic and it attacks sacred and spiritual values through a devious initiation to the arts of images of the occult. <clears throat> so, I mean, there's a lot of various, um, very prominent voices in the Catholic Church, clerics, that have criticized the, what Halloween has evolved to. And uh, <clears throat> the way it's practiced today, in, in you know, in in, in America, we we reverted back to paganism. We're no we're no longer one nation under God, unfortunately. But uh, it's not only it's not only some of the voices in our church saying that. Uh, you even have Anton Lavey, the founder of the Church of Satan. He proclaimed uh, a couple of years before he died. He said, he said, after my own no, he goes after one's own birthday, the two major satanic holidays are. Walper Gisnacht, that's German, I don't know what that means, I'll ask, I'll ask Dan, and, and Halloween. He says, I am glad Christian parents let their children worship the devil at least one night out of the year. So, I mean, there's occultists, Lucian Greaves and others, Blanche Barton, other Satanists, uh, that extol October 31st 
Uh, here's what uh, Lucian Greek says from the Temple of Satan. <clears throat> Halloween is a traditionally a time when the obscure portal into the realms of darkness, death, and the supernatural is thrown open. So my question is, <clears throat> what Halloween has evolved to is not something uh, that 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 uh, was was in the mind of the church uh, when the church gave us All Saints Day and All Souls Day. Uh, would you say that the way it's evolved present day is dangerous? Or could be dangerous. Kyle? I think it, it definitely is. I think, you know, you see what you see. And so there's a diminution of grace. There's an impediment to the flow of grace. And it's interesting that the demon in parody is actually um, promoting damnation. And so this is, a, if, if this is an occasion of liberation, these eight days, starting where the where the portal is open on vigil of all saints the portal to purgatory is open and the souls start to ascend they they their guardian angels present them with their wedding garment to attend the beatific vision the apocalypse uh the mass of the apocalypse and they begin to ascend in vast numbers to see that imagery, the demon is well aware of that, so he does not want us to see the imagery to be aware of it, and he wants to answer for souls souls saved and souls ascending to heaven. He wants to answer with souls descending to hell, and so souls dying in a state of mortal sin, souls that are uh, patently militating um, against God and against um, the, the resurrection, against those things. I think it's clear to see once you, you put that filter on and you can see that, you see what the demon is doing. It's what he always does is at a moment of grace and an opportunity, a great opportunity for grace. There's a distraction. There's a focus on the creature. There's a focus on, on negative. There's a focus on Satan instead of a focus on God, mm-hmm. the merciful God who opens the gates once a year to purgatory and the souls flood out and the imagery of the guardian angel awaiting at the gates of purgatory with the wedding garment for the soul. I think that's some imagery that we absolutely have lost. You know, did you guys watch that movie, El Gran Milagro, The Great Miracle? It came out a couple of years ago. It was, it was, uh, it was a cartoon, an animated cartoon movie on the mass. It was made by a Mexican production company, but, but it just describes exactly what you said, uh, uh, Kyle, that during the consecration at mass, that all of a sudden you see this communion of saints all around a big circle, this great cloud of witnesses <clears throat> during the consecration, saints and angels around praising God. And then as the priest is doing the elevations, uh, the, the animated cartoon of the mass, it showed right in front of the sanctuary, it, it's split open and you can see all the souls in purgatory trying to reach up. And as the blood of Jesus is coming down from the chalice to the souls in purgatory, one by one, they're going up straight to heaven and they're putting on white garments as they're ascending to heaven. It's one of the most beautiful animated uh, depictions of the power of the mass. It's called El Gran Milagro, The Great Miracle. It was a movie that came out about 10 years ago. Uh, Dan, did you see that movie? No, I didn't see it, no. Yeah. Comments, Dan, about uh, <clears throat> the power of the mass in relation to purgatory and All Saints Day and All Souls Day? No, absolutely. Um, that that this, it's particularly again, uh, we've lost in the new calendar. We've lost the the, the concept of octaves, right? Um, my my Greek and Latin tutor would call the an octave. He said is is basically a liturgical eight day party. You know, it's a it's eight days that 
It's one day celebrated over eight days and the symbolism there. I just saw uh, an image of, of uh, that was that was um, uh, inscribed and a ritual performed at a local Catholic church. Um, and and, and the, the image was covered with uh, it was the seal of Solomon and his other satanic images, but it was filled with the number eight. The demon understands and recognizes the symbol, the symbolism, numeric, uh, the symbolism and bound in numbers eight. One more than seven, the first day of the new creation. That was why Jesus rose now on the first day of the week, etc. All this is embedded. The demon recognizes the mystical view of scripture and the mystical view of the cosmos, which we just lack. And so um, we lose sight when we, we focus on on what the devil is doing and all these things macabre. And, and, and you know, you go to houses, you drive, go through a neighborhood now. And man, you got people putting all sorts of terrible things in their houses. And, and what are we losing sight of? This is the time in this octave that we are to be praying for the souls in purgatory. We are reinforcing the power of the, of the, of the church, the totus Christus, St. Augustine would call us, uh, the total Christ, church militant, church suffering on earth, church uh, uh, suffering in purgatory, church triumphant in heaven, church militant on earth. This tripart understanding of the church is, is largely lost today. And we need to restore that to the richness and understand the power of the 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 uh, of of our prayers to help the souls in purgatory. And you'll be thankful one day, God God willing, that we that we we fight the good fight and win the race. And we hear, "Well done, my good and faithful servant." There's a very good chance that none of the three of us gentlemen are going to end up going straight to heaven. There's no halo, right? There's blood on all of our hands. That, that purgatory is is a great grace for guys like us to well, work I, out the rest. Dan, hey, I'm going to go to. Part. I'm going to go to Calvary Chapel, and then I'll just say the sinner's prayer, and uh, I'll go straight to heaven because one saved, all we saved. That's... Yeah, 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 exactly. Then you're then you have to worry about it. Well, I, I wish it were true. I mean, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> wouldn't that be nice? But I I hear when I hear people talking about that that concept, I I always I, I often quote Shakespeare because they'll say it again and again. And well, all you got to say is just, you know this this magic incantation, you know. Jesus is Lord and you're saved forever. And I'm like, yeah, well, Shakespeare says, methinks the man protests too much. You keep telling <laughs> yourself that, but you understand that that you look in the mirror and you get a real look at yourself. You realize purgatory is a great grace. It gives it gives an opportunity to get the 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 purgation that needs to take place. This is what St. Faustina said. If angels could envy, they would envy us for two things. One, that we can receive Holy Communion. Of course, imagine an angel without a body wishing that he could receive our Lord bodily, right? But she also says that if an angel were capable of envy, they would envy us of our ability to suffer. Because once you get to purgatory, you're now disembodied, and the suffering is far more intense. Uh, if, you, if you really think purgatory is no big deal, you need to read Hungry, Hungry Souls. Have you read that book? Yes. <laughs> I, it, I it, it, it terrify you. Go look up the uh, Purgatory Museum in Rome. Look at some of the images and the stories of, uh, that have been recounted there and, and, and kept there as relics of souls that have come back. Uh, and asking for prayer. It's not a it's not a pleasant place. It's a place where the final purification takes place. And so when we unite as the Totus Christus, offering our prayers for the church suffering, they offer their suffering for us, and we now enter into this mystical suffering of Christ and bringing about the redemption of the world. Carl, I want to get your take on uh, a, a university is offering a master's degree in witchcraft, magic, and occult science. And also there seems to be a becoming a witch in America as a result of these apps, Etsy and TikTok. It's, uh, it's becoming a lucrative business. 
How did we get here? The only thing that I would say about this uh, this university master's degree in witchcraft, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, it's it's the University of Exeter in England. Uh, in 2024, they're offering a new master's degree in witchcraft, magic, occult science. It doesn't surprise me. It's just another junk degree in the long list of uh, useless college degrees, such as queer studies, gender studies, feminist studies, black studies, Chicano studies, sexology, diversity, equity, and inclusion studies. These are garbage degrees that wouldn't get you a job at McDonald's. Uh, Kyle, uh, what's what say you about uh, this university and these degrees they're offering to these kids out there in England? So I've got two statements to make about academics in general. Present company excluded. Easy, easy. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Come on. Present company excluded. Uh, thank you. And, thank you. And, and here is why present company is excluded, to be we be quite frank with you. Um, Dan served his country. He served us all. He had and ran a uh, very profitable business. He knows what it is to make a payroll. He knows what it is to care for aged parents. He knows what it is to do all of these things. And then he pursued uh, his PhD in theology from a very mature um, life experience standpoint. And so there's a different approach there. But what we're seeing is it, the first statement is academics in general. And I'll quote my grandfather. Hold that thought, Kyle. These Hold are that men. thought. Hold that thought. I want to hear hard break. We'll be right back. I want to hear from Kyle Clement on the state of academics. We'll be right back. Wednesday War College, got the Liber Crystal team here, and we're talking about uh, the academics. What's going on? They're starting to offer a degree in witchcraft over at the University of Exeter in England. Uh, Kyle, I want to get your take on what's going on at that university across the pond. So at that university, I think what you've got is a manifestation of what's going on in lesser uh, degrees, pun intended, at other universities and other activities. We're seeing it when we see the Hamas sympathizers coming forth on university campuses. But I'd like to make a couple of comments with regard to academics. Um, so first of all, um, I have a graduate degree. I've taught at institute, universities and institutions of higher learning. And so what I'm about to say is observational. Um, and it's predicated upon a quote I'll quote my grandfather. Academics are men whose bellies are full of food they did not raise, clothed in wool they did not spin, warmed by wood they did not cut, yet with an opinion on everything they have not done. <laughs> Those words should cut, and they should cut to the bone, because one of the biggest ills of our society is the indoctrination of our children, the separation of our children from their faith and parental authority, all at the same time, while the, we as parents pay for someone else to do this to our children. And I think you're, you're seeing um, a time where 
higher education is um, number one, it's no longer higher. And you're going to see more and more people not pursuing uh, a college degree, and rightly so. With regard to responsibility and character, when they first started doing the student loan discussion, forgiveness discussion, it was interesting. I read an article. There was one sector of higher education whereby the students, the former students, were not in arrears. 98% of these students were current on their student loans. And that was vocational colleges. Stop and let that sink in. There is a there is an inherent uh, nobility and character working with your hands as well as your brain to produce something tangible. And these people were current on their student loans. Who are those that are most in arrears? The liberal arts majors. This is where there is the least amount of discipline and the least amount of practical application for the for the degree. That having been said, I think that you're seeing two things in the article that you're referencing. Number one is these universities now are economically driven. They're having to come up with newer novel things to make them different, to make them stand out. Now, what I'm saying is the, is the general rule. There are some exceptions and even exceptions within certain universities. I don't want to paint with too broad a brush. But you have to be very, very uh, discriminating just because it has Catholic in its name. Dan's reference at the very first of the program about the letter he wrote to Notre Dame. Um, this, there's some principles here that are being violated even by uh, schools that call themselves Catholic. And parents finally are, are standing up again. It's these white caps of lucidity in a sea of disillusionment where you're saying, no, that's not right. And I'm not going to support it. Um, and so that's the, the idea that it's equivocation. So you're going to now equivocate a degree in science with a degree, a master's in witchcraft. <laughs> so what happens is the value of all under equivocation, the mean begins to be diminished. And so I, that's the comments that I would have in relation to this. But I think it's another area where people are finally waking up and saying no more. Hey, I just, uh, Kyle, I remember a couple of years ago when, when Dan told me, hey, I'm going to go for my Ph.D. And I told Dan, because I, I respect Dan. He's a tough dude. You know, he's, he's very he's well oriented as a man. I said, dude, if you're going to get a Ph.D., you better not lose uh, what what makes you a man. And he goes, what do you mean by that? I said, Matt, most guys that I know that with a Ph.D., not all, not all, of course, but most guys I know. Uh, they get uh, <clears throat> their bodily parts mutilated, and uh, <laughs> what makes them a man is put in a pickle jar in formaldehyde. You know, once they get their PhD, I said, "Don't become one of those." He goes, "All right, yes, I won't." So, I just want to let you know that Dan is not. Think that I would ever be anything. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't but... disappointed, brother. You, well... you, yeah, you, you, you're still, you're still a high T PhD. That's it. I, <laughs> that needs to be my webpage. High T PhD. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there's just a not there's no low no. t theology exactly you need to have a, we need some more high t phds out there and, and not knowing that i've had uh, a, a a surgical remover of the lower abdominal region you know what i mean so but <laughs> well, yeah i remember a, you telling me i was like yeah yeah just me talking about but you're right they, they, look you we know, need to engage we we need to have we need to have uh, academic freedom but my response to to this uh, this article, as well as to to the fine lady at the at my alma mater, Notre Dame, that wrote the standard response uh, uh, claiming academic freedom. 
Uh, we've lost what it means. Again, go, let's go back to a modern saint, St. John Henry Newman, the idea of a university. If you read what this article says, this is a complete inversion of the principles that St. John Henry Newman says is the, uh, the idea, part of the idea of a, of a, of a uh, university. Students will study history, literature, philosophy, archaeology, sociology, psychology, drama, and religion to understand, quote, the role of magic in the East and West. If you take out the word the role of magic and you put the role of God or the role of the Catholic Church in the East and West and how that one principle, how the revealed truth should imbue all other fields of study, that's Newman. That's right. That's one of the principles of the idea of a university. It's again, it just blows my mind how well the demon tracks in a complete diabolic inversion of the Catholic faith. And so Newman would say literary and philosophical training are goods in and of themselves. And we should study literary literature. We should study philosophy in, in and of themselves. We should know that there's a reason that the priestly uh, formation goes from minor seminary and philosophy to major seminary theology. You have to learn how to think. Philosophically, first, you have to get your, your mind wrapped around, as 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 Kuhan Luke was told, you got to get your mind right. You got to get your mind right and get your dirt out of the warden's hole philosophically, so that you can begin to grasp the deeper revealed mysteries of the of the revealed truths of the Roman Catholic faith. So truth for the sake of truth, right? Truth for the sake of truth is, is the first principle of Newman. Um, he also said to be aware of fragmentation or compartmentalizing, where we separate off in these different fragments. That truth, the revealed truth, should imbue every aspect of study. And so he also warns against secularism, that we, we need to avoid um, the, the idea of the complete absence of religion. But here we are. We've now completely kicked God and religion out of Exeter University university and most universities and even many catholic universities most catholic universities and colleges in this country don't teach theology they teach religion and there's a difference and so and so now we have re, re, catholic christianity has been kicked out of the of the of the sec, through secularism and what comes in in its wake filling the void paganism again religion coming in and so so that this is why Newman warned against that, that revealed truths, uh, uh, um, that it's theology that that grounds even uh, the, the secular disciplines. It's our understanding of God who, who self-revelation through Christ and the church and the revealed truth. This is what helps us to see more deeply into the hard sciences, uh, the, what it means to be a human person, uh, uh, even, even the physical sciences. We understand creation. Uh, more deeply, we understand the Creator, and so therefore we have we have an obligation. A university has an obligation to be grounded in revealed truths, not just because some 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 homosexual professor wants to wants to have a drag show and pro push for some for some 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 uh, his own agenda, right? At the at the expense of uh, Our Lady on the Dome, who will not be mocked, by the way. This. this she, this, the, the, Notre Dame won't go as far as Georgetown. I still, I, I, I honestly believe that there's a lot of good men and women involved in universities. Still, it's a minority, but nonetheless, uh, these principles that we've lost, even at the prestigious Notre Dame and some of the most prestigious universities, we've lost this idea of what it means to be a university. And so, once we've lost those principles, we've completely removed Christianity. We've become 100% secular. Now we can have a now we're just going in the opposite direction. And now what's filling that spiritual void? What's filling the overarching divide, 
the, the uniting principle is now paganism, secular humanistic paganism. Kyle, you, Kyle, comments? Yeah, I want to. Yeah, I'd like to comment on a couple of things that Dan said. First of all, uh, agreement, you know, knocks it out of the park. Very succinct. Um, he he mentioned a point that it's a diabolical inversion, and that's what the demon does is invert. And I want to read to you um, something about St. Thomas Aquinas. St. Thomas Aquinas is credited with stating the one purpose of education, and that one purpose is, quote, the greatest kindness one can render to any man consists of leading him from error to truth. If that is true, my insertion here, if that is true, then the greatest cruelty that one can do is to lead a man from truth to error. Mm -hmm. And that's what's happening in universities and institutions of higher learning. When we send them children, pure children who know the truth, know their faith, and they are being led from truth to error. And it goes on. The modern university no longer helps students find the truth, mainly because it denies that objective truth exists. That search requires humility. Today, a combination of arrogance and pride leads too many professors to substitute their favorite notions. This is, um, this is all done under this collegiate mantra of diversity, equity, and inclusion. St. Thomas would tell you very quickly, all opinions are not equal. Equivocation is one of the banes of the heresy of modernism. Good stuff. Wow. Yeah, there was an article recently in the First Things, I think it was sometime last year, First Things, uh, an academic um, uh, journal, um, fairly academic journal. And and this particular uh, author was saying that the DEI, um, diversity, uh, ethnicity, what is it, DEI again? Diversity, equity, and inclusion. Equity, inclusion. The DEI, yeah. when, when, when we look back and the trash heap of history where Catholic, the Catholic education system is going to be piled and no longer existing, this author said it's, going, it's because of the full embrace, the uncritical acceptance of all the premises of DEI at, in Catholic, at Catholic universities. You want to, you want to know the first, the first DEI, the first, the first DEI officer of the world? Jesus Christ. Because he be, he came and died for all, you know. Amen. We've we've lost well, that. Dan, Christ no longer unites us, and so now the DEI is what's going to destroy the, the Catholic University. Kyle, final thoughts. Dan, Dan, hidden in plain sight. Give me the Latin for DEI. What does that spell? Oh, of God. Yeah, to God. Of God. Ah, uh, they. All right. Do you yeah. see the false god? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Hey, gentlemen, that's a wrap. You've been listening to Wednesday War College, three-man tag team, part of MMA, Mother Mary's Army. We'll see you next time. Same Christ time, same Christ channel, where you get more UFC Catholicism, ultimate faithful Catholics. God bless you. Keep the faith.